Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. I love how uh, every time we do this, I've stolen Dax Shepard's intro of welcome, welcome. Um, Alyssa, how are you doing today? Uh, it's good. It's Friday. It's super early because um, we had to get up early this morning to record uh, a podcast with our guest today on her show. So yeah, it's like, I'm not a morning person. This is hard. I know. I'm really looking forward to uh, catching up on a little bit of sleep this weekend. Well, that'll be nice. It's been, it's been a crazy week. But um, Alyssa and I have a really exciting guest here with us today. Uh, so Stephanie Mitten is going to be joining us on the show today. Um, I actually met Stephanie uh, in late 2019, and I have been working with her with a client um, of ours for the last year. Uh, Stephanie is an experienced and um, versatile leader who works in the area of government relations. Um, She's got her own consultancy called Beacon North Strategies, Inc. And she also is the co-founder of Women Don't Do That, which is, let's face it, where my interest lies. So Women Don't Do That is a really amazing forum. Um, It's a blog and a podcast Um, where women can come together to share wisdom and stories and empower one another to travel down their own paths. And excitingly, Alyssa and I were just a guest on the Women Don't Do That podcast, as Alyssa said, just a little while ago. So stay tuned for that. We will definitely be sharing it across our channels. Um, And we will definitely uh, plug everything for Stephanie in our show notes. But Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today to chat about all things life and entrepreneurship (laughs) and opening a business because we know that you're kind of newer to opening your consultancy. Um, So Mm. before we get started, I know that you had mentioned offline here that you had a bit of rant you wanted to share. So go for it, girl. Uh, One of the things that's really on my mind, yeah, is just COVID and how I feel very over it. And I feel like when I've been chatting with my friends, they feel the same way. Like people are at the point you thought you were at it before, but now you're really at the point where you're like, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. It's getting a lot harder to do the day to day. And I just keep thinking if they extend the school year, I'm going to lose my mind. Like if my kids don't go back to school, it's over. (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) I think it really, it really hit me this past week when the new, um, mandates were placed in Alberta and that basically Christmas is canceled. I think that was the, that was the end of it for me. I was like, what's the point of any of this anymore? (laughs) I mean, especially, I guess, for those of us that have followed the rules and all that since March, it's like, it's hard not to be angry and just bitter and, and, and everything at the people who've just flouted this for so long and have put us in this position. It just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's infuriating all of it. Yes. Uh, I think, yeah, my biggest um, issue with this has just been the sheer audacity of people and rudeness. And really, I'm getting sick of seeing stories like waitresses getting glasses smashed in their face and um, people not complying and just being total, for lack of a better term, dicks about it. Um, 
yeah, just uh, like, I really, I do kind of have a lot more faith in humanity than humanity deserves. And this year, you know, people have shown us that they're awful. Yeah. I think for me also, it became very personal. So one of my, my great aunt actually passed away in the last week in a long-term care home in Alberta. So now every time I hear the numbers, I'm like, she's one of those numbers and it's somebody else's fault. And I have a cousin who's a doctor and she has it and she doesn't have proper PPE. And so I just find like, now, now I matter Yeah, (laughs) because it's become a little bit more personal and, and more real. And I know for some people, they've lost many members of their family. Um, but yeah, just a lot of frustration and, you know, less patience around being nice about it. So I need to work on that because it's going to be a few more months, but you know, this week has been been a hard week for me because of that. Yeah. Sorry to hear about that, Stephanie. And, you know, lean into the feelings and it's okay to be sad, of course, and frustrated, yes. right? You don't have to put on your brave face. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put on your mask when you're home. <laughs> <laughs> Get the yeah, so, yeah. so you're in Ottawa, correct? Yes. Okay. So this is really interesting to get different perspectives about um, how this is sort of playing. I mean, we can talk about COVID for just one more second and how this is playing across the country. Cause I think everybody who lives in their own area has their own issues with it, but Ontario obviously has kind of been Alberta through this too, that just can't seem to get it together. I find that what's been most interesting and quite telling about this whole process, aside from just the audacity of people in your own community, it's sort of the general like pointing of fingers at who's, who's better and who's worse across the country. It's like, so Ontario is throwing fingers at um, Alberta saying, well, Alberta, like, take yeah. care of your own crap. Like you're worse than we are. And I'm just like, it, it, it's all such children. It, I mean, if there's an adult running any of this, first of all, if there's a woman running any of this across the country, <laughs> it would not be happening. Yeah. But like all these dudes that are running these provinces, it's like, go pound sand. You're all I, idiots. I find it so interesting because, because I do government relations, I mostly... I mostly do federal. I do do some provincial, but I have to listen to all the question period and, and some of the, you know, the press conferences. And I just want to be like, like everything is so negative. You guys don't need to make it worse. How can you work together to solve the problems? I don't want to hear you whining and complaining and fighting. Solve the problems that we can. I recognize too, it is a global pandemic. So I also find sometimes too, everybody's looking at government to fix it or like this silver bullet. It is a global unprecedented pandemic. The government can't just like push a button and fix everything. So I feel like that, but they do have a role to play. So what can they do? And yeah, I find some, I find it so annoying, really. (laughs) It's so annoying. (laughs) The finger pointing. I think that goes for everyone, but yeah, yeah. we've all just, yeah. The canceling of Christmas was just it for me. I was just like, what is the point of any of this anymore? Yeah. We've known for a while about the Christmas thing. So I think people have had more time to recognize that and maybe make backup plans, I think, which is, which I think has helped versus being told like two weeks before. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I know for me, I'm not going to get to see like 75% of my family, but we've kind of figured it out. And what I'm really thankful for is, um, I'm just going to spend... So after today, 
I am going to spend the next two weeks just totally alone. And then my parents and I have decided that we feel comfortable, just the three of us. And like, as per the regulations in Alberta, like, I don't know why this wouldn't comply because I only have one other cohort that I'm not going to see for two weeks. We're going to do our, our thing in the evening at my place. So I'm happy. I feel very lucky to be able to, to do that. And even if we don't get to, for whatever reason, you know, like, I guess we just have to remember we're keeping each other safe and there's all mm-hmm. the technology. Um, yeah. And I mean, honestly, can I just say something? This is going to sound kind of terrible, but like, I'm kind of a little bit excited that I don't have to drive all around the city to a million different dinners. I mean, I love my family to death and I look forward to this every year, but like, I am excited to actually go deliver gifts like Santa and then, and just like bring joy to them and then come home and relax. (laughs) I've actually been hearing that from a lot of people, like as obviously the deaths with COVID are devastating and there's obviously challenges, but there are some things that are coming out of this in terms of people slowing down, people appreciating life in a different way, people having less commitments that I'm hearing from a lot of people saying, obviously they want to touch people and be able to go to movies and do different things, but they hope that some of some of the, that slowed downness and some of the expectations will ease and actually stay after COVID. You're not the only one, Dakota. You're just saying it loud. Everybody else is thinking it. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for that rant, Stephanie. Um, I want to just dive in right away by quickly, t- well, by talking about your two um, professional endeavors that you have. So you started your new company, um, North Strategies in September, 2020. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about what exactly you do, what space you work in. I, I know what you do, but our listeners do <laughs> not. Um where they can find you online. And of course, we'll link to Stephanie again in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about your 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 gig right now and what you're doing. Yeah. So I'm a lobbyist, which is a scary word for a lot of people. A lot of people like to call it advocacy because it sounds nicer, but it's the same thing. <laughs> and I think when people think about it, they imagine like you walk around with like wads of cash in your purse and you just kind of hand it out, but that's not actually what we do. And, um, yeah, so I own a consultancy where we give people government relations advice. We design strategies and then we execute for them. We work mostly federally. Um, so with MPs, ministers, their staff, uh, also at the provincial level as well. So knowing how the government system works, knowing who to talk to and what kind of tactics, um, you can use to get through the noise because so many people talk to government that's what people pay me to do. That is so cool. And in working with you over the last year, it's um, it's been great. I Just because within my specialty, which we know from this podcast is social media marketing, we definitely do dabble in the government, government relations space, but it was never really my favorite um, class in school or anything. Even though I found it to be quite exciting, I found it to be so intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but working with Stephanie this past year has been so cool because she makes it so easy, especially for us. Like when like a tweet needs to go out right away or or like we need to to do some serious advocating uh, on social for for a really important issue. She's always kind of got my back for, okay, make sure you're tagging this person. And, um, you know, I need to provide this time. And it's really a lot of, it's very timeline and and deadline. Mm -hmm. I think that comes back to when you've had experience in different sectors, because not 
like for instance, sometimes if Dakota is sending something like I'll, I might even draft some of the tweets and say like from a government relations perspective, like this is some of the language that you might use. And then, you know, she's an expert. So she tweaks it and does different things to it, but you will find a lot of GR people that don't have that expertise. And so you don't get that from them. Like you, they would just be like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I don't write tweets. I don't know. Like, I don't do that. So I think from having different kinds of work experience, because what I do with a podcast and uh, I have developed some expertise in that area. So I think it's really helpful. So were, so were you a federal employee or like, how do you become a lobbyist? I mean, I have a government Mm -hmm. background too, but I, I never, thought of being a lobbyist. So how, how does that happen? So when I moved to Ottawa, I, when I went to Carleton, I got involved in volunteering on Parliament Health. So that's my first experience in politics. And as a student, I worked for members of Parliament, went into my master's. And then afterwards, I was looking for policy positions. And somebody had told me like World Vision, this really great policy work. I had you know, done a master's in international public policy and they were looking for people. So I was in touch with them. But at the time they were actually, it was during an election and they were looking for support during the election, kind of like a coordinator role in government relations. And they said, do you want to do government relations? Are you interested in this role? And I was like, well, not really. Like I want to do policy work, but like I could try it and see. And um, it was a six month contract. And like, I've just worked in GR ever since. So because I had the education on the international side, like I knew the topics and some of the themes and stuff and having worked on the Hill, I knew how it worked. You know, how do you get MPs attention, like those types of concepts. And then it just transitioned into a career from there. Oh, that's really interesting. Cause I mean, like you said, everybody hears lobbyist and they immediately think of like the oh. cigarette lobby and the tobacco, like all of that, yeah. but that there's actually, the, the the intention of being lobbyist is to actually lobby for better things for people, not for yeah, well, interests. Well, it depends on the company or what you're lobbying for. There is that too. It doesn't help when my husband goes around and tells people they're like, she's a dirty lobbyist. That's what he, that's what he tells people. Um, but at the end of the day, like the government can't go and talk to every citizen. So I think one thing that people don't realize is that, Basically, every group has a lobbyist. So your big corporations, Visa, MasterCards, you know, anything. So like all these people have their own lobbyists. But on top of that, associations have lobbyists. So if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, if you're an accountant, there are national associations that represent your interests who are doing lobbying on your behalf. And so even if you're a small business, there's like business ones for small businesses that are going and doing lobbying and making sure that small business interests are included. Um, Small companies can hire lobbyists too. So the government doesn't have time to talk to everybody. So it's a service in a way, because if they want to know, okay, we're doing something with COVID, we want to talk to all the doctors, they can go to the association that works with the doctors and have them, you know, work with the government on what the the doctors need right now. And they have, you know, the contact list already of all the doctors in the country and different things like that. So yes, sometimes it's, I want this change because it's good for my business. Um, but a lot of it is also the government doesn't know what issues your industry is having. So when I worked at World Vision, one of the things that we were lobbying for was about birth registration in developing countries. When the Canadian government 
let's work with a developing country. Can they make sure that the countries are registering their births? Because if new births in developing countries aren't being registered, they can't access the social services of the country. Well, if the Canadian government doesn't have boots on the ground in other countries to know that, they need somebody to tell them. And so that's where, you know, lobbying comes into play. Wow. That is more that I've learned about lobbying in the last <laughs> minute and a half than I've you know, in my entire life. It's so interesting because, because it's something that people really basically know nothing about for the most part. Um, when you say you're a lobbyist, people's eyes just go dead because they, 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 some of them find it quite fascinating, but they also they have no idea what it means. Like, where would you even start? And and like you, Alyssa, we had talked about on my podcast, like I come from a rural community too. Some of them do, but there's lots of people that would just be like, I, like, I have no idea. They, like even for follow-up questions, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So being a woman in that industry, industry also adds a, a layer of fun and complexity because it, it usually is men. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. And so Stephanie, tell us a little bit about what you're loving in terms of working for yourself more than, you know, when you were working out in the, um, for, like for other people before, like what, what do yeah. you think most about like why, and actually too, like, why did you start your mm-hmm. own consultancy? I think it's so interesting because I don't know if it's true, but I'm starting to wonder if entrepreneurs sometimes are made of something a little bit unique because lots of my friends would would not enjoy the pressure of what being an entrepreneur needs to them, bringing in new clients, all that stuff would be stressful. I find it quite enjoyable. Um, I also like that the pressure is on me. I like that if I screw up, I know it was me and I'm not answering to somebody else who has real, like unrealistic expectations about something or I don't know. I like the pressure that if I screw up, it was my fault. And I know that if I want to work hard and do good and keep the client, I can work hard and keep the client. And it doesn't rely on anybody else to do that well. I'm enjoying that aspect and and also enjoying um, just the flexibility in my schedule. I still, I work very hard, but if I want to go pick up my kids down the street from the bus, like I can just go do that and I don't have to apologize or tell anybody. And um, I'm a working mom and I actually find like it's cut down so much and just some of the guilt I had about stupid stuff. Like, I don't know, like if I needed to call a school to do something or fill out some kind of paperwork in the middle of the day, I would be like, feel so bad about it all the time. And now I'm like, whatever, just do it. Um, so some of those things have been really enjoyable. When we talk about why, I think it's one of those things when you, when you look back over your career, you can see the steps that helped you build your experience to get here. Like it, it was kind of happening all along. Um, I would also say that like the timing I had been, have been very ill in the past. And so I actually had taken some time off work before, um, September when I opened my company. And part of the reason about opening the company is that because I am in charge of my own schedule and, and that really benefits me, um, you know, coming off of being ill, which has been really great. And I think the other piece was that, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this before you became an entrepreneur, but I always felt really entrepreneurial, but I didn't know what to do about it or how to do something about it. And so 
Um, it just feels like letting out the natural beast that has just been waiting to be unleashed. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, like the flexibility piece really is a thing that you do. It, you're absolutely right. Like you do have to be a special breed of human to enjoy the intense pressure that can sometimes happen. And also conversely to be able to handle the roller coaster of quiet time versus pressure, quiet time versus pressure at some point, right? Yes. Like one minute you're so busy, you can't breathe, but you're like loving it. You're loving like, uh-huh. I'm going to be rock yeah. star Dakota today. Like, you know, but then you also have to be able to sit still sometimes and yeah. focus yeah. on things and also use that time wisely, right? To stay yeah. The sitting, the sitting still piece is hard. I get huge adrenaline and quite enjoy it when everything's falling apart. <laughs> Or like, um, or like I'm getting to do something really cool, like uh, go to the prime minister's office or just like different things like that. Like I, I often don't even really talk about what I do, even with friends sometimes, because it sounds very bougie sometimes, <laughs> like what you're doing or some of the experiences you, you get to have. But uh, yeah, it is a, a bit of a unique experience. Okay. Talk to us about going to the prime minister's office, because that's awesome. Yeah, I've had so many interesting experiences. I remember early on in my career being at the prime minister's garden party. And of course you were. Like yes, of course I was. Yeah. Um and my parents because I I think it was when I was a student uh came to pick me up but they weren't allowed on the prime minister's ground. So as a joke, like I'm standing there on the one side of the gate and they were standing on the other and I was just like waving at them. <laughs> and like, then I left and like they drove me home or whatever. But I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, how does, how did this even happen? Um, and just some, yeah, some really unique experiences. I've met um, most of the prime ministers uh, from the work that I've done. Even like I met Justin Trudeau before he was prime minister, uh, right? So it's just, it's, you know, it's not like you end up being best friends with everybody. Sometimes they'll recognize your face. Um, but it is a fascinating environment um, to be in. It can also be really, really challenging. But you do get some really unique experiences. Like um, I've interviewed some really high profile people on the podcast. Not all of them, but a lot of them I've just met through the work that work that I do because because I, I'm often working with CEOs and high level people or or ministers and um yeah, it's been really interesting. That's so cool. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've also, um, within just Calgary, had the opportunity to to work with a lot of um, politicos. And I remember like the first time I met Nenshi even, I was just like, yeah, God, this is so cool. And I love your purple shoes. And of course, he's just like the sweetest human being ever. Yeah. And those are the things you learn, right? Like when when you first start in like the lobbying business, everything's a little bit like, oh, wow, I get to do this. I get to do this. Um, but at the end of the day, and I think Dakota's is somewhat what you're getting to, like they're just people. And I think that kind of surprised me. I worked for um, a few MPs. None of them had university degrees. Some of them uh, owned small businesses. They were hardworking. And it was really eye-opening to me. And I think really helped me not be afraid to engage with people, ask for things, talk to senior people, because you realize like it's somebody's mom, it's somebody's dad, it's somebody's grandparents. Um, and back then even more so somebody's 
grandfather because usually an older white male. Um, <laughs> but like, just, uh, yeah, just they are every, everyday people who happen to be in interesting positions. But if the position changes, they're they're not the focus anymore. And that happens a lot, too. So let's say you're a member of parliament and you have um, upset the leader of your party and you're a minister. All of a sudden, you could be a backbench MP, which means you have like you're an MP for your constituency, but you have very little control to do anything, to make change for anything, to feed into anything. It can happen like that. And all of a sudden, like all these CEOs and all these people who want to meet with you no longer would do and no longer care. Um, so it's 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 a challenging environment. That seems like way more. It's interesting. I think. Yeah, I think anybody who's worked in government or with government officials on any level um, realizes that the the behind the scenes is actually not nearly as cool or interesting as what people think of like when they're watching Question Period or something. Yeah. Um, because Question Period and sort of that public persona is all just like sort of a dog and pony show and everybody's trying to make their, their name known. And then, but when you're dealing with them behind the scenes, it's actually, I have found... Um, in my career of dealing with politicians and both like elected politicians, but really their staffers is that um, it's the ones who are less wanting that limelight, like that public limelight that are actually the ones that are doing the work. So Mm -hmm. if if you're sitting at home and you're watching um, your legislature, your provincial legislature or um, parliament question periods. And, and you see like the ones that are like up with their histrionics and making these big to do's. Those are usually the ones that aren't doing anything <laughs> behind the scenes. It's always the ones that are the quieter, thoughtful ones that are actually getting things done. So from a politics perspective, um, I find it interesting when you've been behind the scenes to be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's actually not really what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, politics is um, a, a fun and soul sucking game of crazy. Hundred <laughs> percent. Both sides. That's a great way to put it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit of um, your other, a little bit about your your other endeavor, Stephanie, and your podcast and your blog. Yeah. So I I actually <laughs> finishing off the conversation about politics, moving into the blog. I had quit my full-time job and ran for nomination to become a member of parliament in my home riding, which is a rural riding near Ottawa. And I lost the nomination. (laughs) I remember just thinking, okay, well, I quit my full-time job. I don't have a job. And luckily my husband was working and having some time to think about what do I want to do next? And then also doing some, like, it was very intense to go through what I did for the nomination. It was a safe writing. So whoever won the nomination was going to become the MP. And so I had experienced a lot of sexism. Like I can safely say it's not the only reason I lost. There were lots of other, you know, things at play there. But I think feminism and um, issues around gender roles are things that have... Uh, always been things I had been thinking about. And I think after going through that experience of having people, you know, say they wouldn't vote for me because I was woman or say like, oh, I, I need to ask my husband, like even just the amount of women who weren't engaged and even caring. And I was like, you do realize that whoever wins this nomination is going to be your member of parliament. And on top of that, 
you know, if they work hard, they can make a difference for your community. So how can you not care? Like, how can you not care? And, um, yeah, it was kind of a hard pill to swallow. So I took some time to just think about all of this and what it meant. And I'm, I'm very much a doer. So I'm not the type of person to be like, Oh, that kind of sucks. I'm like, well, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> let's, right. let's do something about it. And so, um, the idea of starting a podcast started to come about and I had gone to see, so I had started the podcast with my friend, Miranda Novak. She lives in Manitoba. We went to university together and Miranda, maybe a year or two before that time had lost a child was maybe a year and a half or so when he had passed away. And so I was supposed to go and see her that the spring before, and I had become very sick with a parasite and I couldn't go. And so when I had stopped, like lost the nomination and was going through this time, I thought I'm going to use my ticket now and go see Miranda. I'm going to just go spend some time with Miranda. I have my own kids. So things are busy at home. And I just wanted to go there and spend some time with her. So while we were there, I started to tell her about everything I was thinking. And um, anyways, we literally decided that day that we should start a podcast (laughs) to have women um, be able to, you know, learn from other women about things. And even sometimes from, from things that you don't traditionally think as women's role. So, you know, interviewing farmers, interviewing women politicians, like that you know, it's called women don't do that very much implying like women can do anything. And let's talk to some of those women. And so like, I'm not kidding. Like we made up the name and bought a URL. We knew nothing like zero about starting a podcast. Uh, and we just did it. It was, we didn't either. Yeah. It was just crazy. We just did it. And, uh, we like this March, maybe it will have been up for two years. The blog started first and, I don't know what we're at now, but it, I'm sure it's around 10,000 um, listens. So yeah, so it's been really exciting and fun to do. Sometimes it's a lot, a lot of work, um, but it's it's really brought me a lot of meaning and and joy. That's amazing. Well, I for one have listened to your podcast and it's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on my regular Thank you. list. <laughs> so obviously, um, one of my favorites is is with Sarah Austin, who mm-hmm. so, anyways, um, definitely take a listen to Stephanie's podcast. Um, but uh as we're kind of wrapping up today, Stephanie, thank you so much again for joining us and sharing thank you. And giving us a lesson in GR that I <laughs> haven't had in years. Um mm-hmm. I think I want to close out today's podcast by just by asking you what you're most thankful for this year in 2020, despite the fact that it's had its challenges and adversity. Hmm. It's going to sound maybe silly. I I have to say my kids because so in January I had went off work sick and here I thought like, I'm going to be able to have lots of doctor's appointments because I had been having like so many tests. It was like multiple tests a week. I couldn't even like keep track of what was happening to try and diagnose me and then even start like treatment to get better. So that was a lot. And then COVID happened on top of that. And I remember like, so I have been diagnosed. I have chronic migraines and I remember like one day being in bed and crying in pain 
and my like nine-year-olds coming up and bringing me ice packs and bringing me water and taking care of me. And it was awful. I was partially crying because I was like embarrassed that this was happening to me. Um, but like those kids helped clean the house. They brought me joy and a reason to get up every day when that was happening to me. And um, as much as they're exhausting and COVID has been so hard, um, they really helped bring me little, little nuggets of joy every day where I could say like, I laughed with her or I smiled at that. And that has been very meaningful to me in such a challenging time in my life. That's amazing. Awesome. I, I think that's a good, um, a good thing to remember. I mean, we neither Dakota or I have kids, but um, it has been so challenging for parents this year with homeschooling and, and, and having your kids home all the time. And, and just the sort of that general frustration of, of you trying to work with kids that, I think that brings it all back to the moment of like, you have to enjoy like look at it from a different perspective and enjoy the time mm-hmm. that you're having and, and, and seeing how it's sort of elevated your kids in some way um, yeah. and how they've adapted to it. I think that's, it's an interesting take on that and sort of jumping off from that um, being that you are a new entrepreneur and you have this successful podcast. What are you looking forward to in 2021? Um, now that we get out of this and sort of how we we're moving forward, what is sort of your ultimate, what is, what is your ultimate 2021 look like? Yeah, I'm excited about increasing engagement. I think with my listeners on the podcast in different ways and, um, continuing to just have some really amazing conversations, but doing more Instagram lives and interacting with the audience, I think is really important to me. And in terms of my business, I mean, I'm just getting started. So I'm really excited to continue to just build some of those really strong foundations um, and just see, see where it goes. Yeah. I'm, I, as much as we're in a challenging environment, I'm also just, really hopeful and excited at the same time. Right. There's this air of excitement. And I honestly felt it about 2022, um, 2020, 2020. Well, I think some of that though, I could be wrong, but it comes from that entrepreneurial piece, because if you're the type of person where like, um, and it's not a bad thing, but you work a nine to five job, you go into the office, it's the same all the time. And now like you're working from home and you're doing that. And like, that's become your new normal. But for entrepreneurs, there's, there's endless possibilities in change and there's new things you can be adding to your roster or to your business all the time. If you want to, that, uh, in some ways, the possibilities are endless, except for your friggin' energy, right? Like you can only, you only have so much time at the end of the day, but um, there is so much possibility. And and when things are hard and challenging, you can pivot like you have, Alyssa, and um, do new and interesting and maybe even better things over the longer term. So I think as much as it's challenging, there is a lot of opportunity there for some people even though I recognize it's been very hard for many. Well, you know, with that, I love your, I literally just wrote this down. <laughs> there are endless possibilities in change. Mm. That I think is going to be the name of this show. <laughs> I like it. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. We will link to everything Stephanie related in our show notes so that you can check out her podcast 
check out her consultancy and learn a little bit more about her. We really appreciate having you um, you joining us today and uh, thank you taping on a Friday. So happy Friday and yeah, happy Friday. <laughs> hope everybody has a great week. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 